Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, get your Bibles out. Turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're going to do some reading here, so uh, follow along with me. John chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, then left he Judea and departed into Galilee. Let me just stop there for a moment and say, we don't want Jesus to depart. And these Pharisees, they started talking about who was baptizing more. Uh, They started talking about numbers and who to follow and who was this or that. And that was a sure way to get Jesus to depart. We don't want that. We want him here. It says in verse 4, he says, we must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near a parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, (laughs) which gave us the well and drank thereof himself? By the way, when she asked that question, Jesus didn't even get into the answer to that. But he did the Pharisees later when they asked him, are you greater than Abraham? And in John chapter 8, he said, uh, before Abraham was, I am. He is the well. And Jesus answered and said unto her, verse 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. Verse 14 is where we get 
the name for our church. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Wellspring, that's what we want to be. We want to be that well of water springing up. And the source of that water, of course, is Jesus Christ. The source of that water, of course, is the Holy Spirit of God that flows, that's alive, that's living, that the gospel of Jesus Christ can come pure and clear as crystal. I mean, we want it. We want the gospel to leave our mouths and to leave this church and to leave us uh, as clear as crystal, as pure and as simple and as true as the gospel is. Refreshing, refreshing to those that need a cool drink of water. Refreshing to those that have a thirsty soul. This name Wellspring, it's interesting. While we were under construction, contractors, suppliers, they misheard our name multiple times. And a few of them I remember quite well when they would call me and they would say something like, um, hey, are you part of that health Health Spring Church? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> one, one said, uh, we're bringing a load of materials down to that Wealth Spring Church. The Wealth Spring Church. I said, well, that's a pretty good name. I think people will be a little suspicious if we call ourselves that. But I like Wealth Spring, right? And then I remember specifically this one guy calls me bringing a load of uh, trim material. And he said, uh, are you guys that... Um, he goes, are you that... Uh, uh, well, what do you, wellness. Are you that wellness church? I thought, wellness church? That's not even close, right? <laughs> but come on down. But I'll tell you, what's better than a wealth spring and what's better than a health spring and what's better than a wellness church is a spring of living water. It's the Holy Spirit of God that comes out. And you know what, you know what, the, what the living water, what the, well, what the well spring gives? You know what it gives? It gives life. It gives life. That's, that's actually one of the key thoughts to John's gospel. Is life. Life eternal. He, he, he said in John chapter 20, John says in, in verse 31 about his gospel that he wrote. He says, but these are written, these words, the words in the gospel of John, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And in believing that you might have life through his name. You know how it is that we can tap into that wellspring? How it is that we can know that we have life? It's in our faith in Jesus Christ. It's through faith in Him. It's through believing on Him and trusting in Him that we can know that we have life. An eternal life. 
Where, where does this life come from? It comes from a living God. He's alive. Jesus Christ is alive. He is the one true living God. What do you need? What do you need for life? Well, you need air, right? Jesus Christ talks about the breath of God, the spirit of God. He said he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. He says that he is the bread of life. You need bread to, to life, for life. Don't you? you need to eat? Jesus Christ says that he's the bread of life. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. He's that living water. You need water to live, don't you? Take your, hold your finger there in John 4 and just skip over a couple to John 7. What I find is interesting here in John chapter 7 is it begins and there's a feast. A Jewish feast that they are observing. It is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a seven day feast. It, it goes on. And, and at the end of this feast, at the end of this religious festival, if you will, this, this uh, religious activity, seven days, a long week of it, at the end of that, Jesus says in verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, Can you picture this? Jesus standing there, crying out, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. After a long feast, after seven days of this, you know what you find? Inside, people are still thirsty. You can, I'm telling you that you can try to fill that void inside with every religious type of activity. You can try to fill it with anything this world has to offer. You can try to fill it and fill it and fill it. But without Jesus Christ, without His Holy Spirit, men, women, children, we're empty inside. We're thirsty. We're in need. We come up short. He says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, again it's faith, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Jesus would ascend into heaven and he would send the Holy Spirit, which we have now. For the Holy Ghost had not yet, uh, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here we see Jesus say, hey, uh, spiritually, spiritually, people are thirsty. You know what's wonderful about uh, uh, this church, uh, being a wellspring? Is you know what I know? That there's a lot of people around here that are thirsty. There's a lot of folks out around here that are trying to fill a void with all kinds of things that can only be filled by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that. And not just around here, 
but all around the world in the wellsprings that God has allowed us to start and the ones that will be started. Praise the Lord for His honor and glory. Jesus said that He's the living water. He says, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. What do you need for life? You need the I am. Because He's the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. The way that each and every one of us access this life, the life that Jesus Christ offers, this eternal life, is by faith in Jesus Christ. I find it's interesting in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20 in the New Testament, talking about Jesus Christ, our sacrifice. Jesus Christ, our high priest, says this, By a new and living way, which He hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. Jesus Christ made a new way. It's called the New Testament. Jesus Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled the Old Covenant and offers now a new and living way. What Christ offers to each of us is life. He offers to us eternal life. And it's not just for the woman at the well that He met here, but it's for everyone. He covers the whole spectrum. Actually, in just two, two chapters here in John, you see in chapter 3, you know who He offers life to? Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. And then in chapter 4, he offers this life to not just the Samaritan woman at the well, but he's also teaching his own disciples. He's also, uh, the Bible shows us that many, many of the Samaritans come out and meet Christ and believe on Him. And by the end of chapter 4, Christ is offering this life to a nobleman and his whole household. And so Jesus Christ is for whosoever will. This uh, uh, eternal life that Christ offers us, He offers this life for all. He says here to this woman, He can give her water that's springing up into everlasting life. Follow along with me as we read a little more of this story in, in John 4 and verse 15. We'll pick it up in verse 15. He's got her attention now. The woman saith unto him, verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. You know, it's almost as if she's saying, Sure, why not? You know, you're offering me this. Sounds too good to be true, but what do I have to lose? Sure, why not? Right? But it wasn't quite that easy. He says, Jesus saith unto her, verse 16, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thine husband. And that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh 
When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, is called Christ. He, when He is come, He will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things ever I did is not. This, the Christ. And they went out of the city and came unto him. Do you believe in divine appointments? Do you know why I believe that Jesus stopped at this well? I believe he stopped at this well for one reason, one reason only. It's for the woman. She was a Samaritan. She, the Samaritans were part Jew, part Gentile. They, weren't, they were rejected by the Jewish people because they, they couldn't prove their genealogy. They had their own temple and their own religious system. They were separated. Uh, this, this grew out of a, a captivity of the Assyrians in 700 and some years before Christ. And, and Jesus went to the well. And He went to the well for the woman. And, and you know, when I look at this, This was not out of Jesus' way by any means. Uh, This is not the farthest that Christ would go out of His way for one sinner. (laughs) This isn't the lowest that He would go either for one sinner. Uh, I believe that Jesus Christ would step out of heaven. God, who spoke the world into existence, would make Himself a man, would come down to earth to seek And to save that which was lost. And on the spectrum of sinners, it doesn't matter if you're the high the high priest, if you're if you're a ruler of the Jews like Nicodemus, or you're the Samaritan woman. (laughs) It's a long way down for Christ to come for any of us. But he came. He came all the way for whosoever would. He came to seek and save that which was lost. You've heard the story. Out of the Gospels of the Good Samaritan. Well, this morning, the message is about the Bad Samaritan. It's the Samaritan woman that Christ came to save. He would save her and He would save even the religious crowd. The ones that hated Him. The ones that rejected Him. The ones that crucified Him. The ones that used His Father's name in vain. He came to save whosoever would. And it's interesting as this passage begins to unfold that Jesus Christ begins to reveal Himself to this woman. And her revelation begins to grow. In verse 9, you know what she sees Jesus as? A Jewish man. 
you're a Jewish man. And then, as it goes on, she starts thinking, are you better than Jacob? Maybe you're a little bit more than what I've met before, right? Are you better than Jacob? And then she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. You know, this woman's going the right direction. She's getting closer to who Christ is, isn't she? She's getting closer as she talks to Him and as she stays there with Him and listens to His words. Uh, I believe that the Lord was revealing Himself to her. And then she gets down to the end there in verse 29. And when she walks into the city and gets all the men's attention, you know what she says? Is not this the Christ? She believed. She said, hey, that's the Messiah. That's the one that the prophets talked about that was to come. The eternal God. The eternal life was talking to her about spiritual water. And she would just come to get a drink. <laughs> she would just come to get a, a little, literal bit of water. Kind of like Nicodemus in the, in the chapter before when he begins to talk to Christ. And, and, and Christ says to him, what did he say? He said, uh, you must be born again. He says, what? How? You know? Christ is talking about a spiritual birth. He's talking about spiritual water. And here, her and Nicodemus are thinking physical. Um, He says, uh, no, I want to reveal to you, to this woman, who I am. I want to reveal to you that I am the Christ. And he wants to offer her something. What does he want to offer her? He wants to offer her eternal life. And he tells her how she can receive it. You're in John chapter 4. Just look at the verse right before chapter 4. John chapter 3 and verse 36. Chapter 3 and verse 36. He said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You know it's important this morning to know that you have the Son. He that hath the Son, John says, hath life. And then he says, But he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. How is it that we receive God's Spirit? How is it that we tap into this wellspring of living water? How is it that we can know that we have God's Spirit that the Bible tells us seals us until the day of redemption? It's by faith in Christ Jesus. You know, it's interesting to talk to people on their perspective or understanding of Christ. Everyone has, I believe, a preconceived idea, don't you? They have an idea of what it means to be a follower of Christ or what it means to be a Christian. They may just have these thoughts in their mind or, or they've heard it from family or friends or maybe it was the way that they were raised or the way that they've been taught. And, and that's the case with this woman. She was that way. She, she knew a little bit about Christ. She knew He was to come. And she knew He was going to know all things. But she almost puts words in the Lord's mouth. He, she says, Ye say, um, in verse, where is it? In verse um, 20, Ye say that in Jerusalem is the place 
where men ought to worship. The Lord didn't say that. Uh, you know what the Lord answers to her? Um, verse 22. Uh, you worship, you know not what. In other words, he was saying to her, uh, you don't know who to worship. You don't know how to worship. And you don't know where to worship. Now, that sounds kind of hard. But here's what, he, here's what he says. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no worship. Without God's Spirit, without life, there is no worship. It's all just vain of the things that we do. It's all show. They can have temples. You can have places. You, she says, oh, Jerusalem is where, and, and this is where. And he goes, no, 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 it's not Jerusalem. You know, the Lord is still in the temple. Can I tell you that? The Lord is still in the temple. It's just the temple has changed. You say, what do you mean? The temple has changed. The Lord's still in the temple. But the temple is here. You say, what's the temple? Where's the temple? Paul says, what? What? To the Corinthians, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The temple is still here. The Spirit is still here. But you receive that through His salvation. What's it mean to be a Christian? It means to have God's Spirit inside of us. To worship truly. You say, how does the Lord want us to worship? He wants us to worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, the acceptable way to God to worship is by His Spirit that's in us and by the truth that He's given us, His Word. That's the way. And the wonderful thing about it is then He tells us this. And the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Do you know what the, you know what the Father's looking for? Some worshipers. Those that would worship Him with their, with their heart. Through the Holy Ghost, through the Spirit that indwells them, through the truth that God gives them. Isn't it wonderful to think that we as a church can glorify God? We, we've made it simple at Wellspring. We have three, three purposes for everything that we do. And every, every, every aspect, is, is, it's got to fulfill one of three purposes. And the first is this, to glorify God. We believe we're the body of Christ, those believers that have received Christ, the, the bride of Christ. And so to glorify God, we want to worship Him. We want to be, we want to be thankful and rejoice for what God has done. The second is to fulfill God's great commission. To be that living water to those that are thirsty. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are in need. And the third is to encourage each other. To help each other. To love each other. The Bible calls it edifying. And that means to build up, to help each other fulfill their own ministry. Just three things to glorify God, to be uh, to witness, to be a light to the lost, and to encourage each other in the body of Christ. And you say, how can we glorify God? Uh, through thankful hearts, through praise, through worship, through thanksgiving, in spirit and in truth. It is wonderful to know this. Would you agree with me as the Lord talks to this woman at the well? That he dealt with her quite graciously. I mean, he spoke to her very kindly and graciously. But he didn't hold back any truth, did he? He spoke graciously to her, but he spoke truth to her. And the reason being is because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. He says to her, uh, you know, she says... Sure, why not? I'd like to have this living water. What's the next thing he says? Bring your husband. You know what she says? 
I have no husband. Quick answer, and then like, let's get off the subject, right? She wasn't divulging any more information. She wasn't going into any great detail. She just said, I have no husband. But the Lord uh, knew everything about her, didn't He? You know the Lord knows everything about us. He knows everything about us. The wonderful thing is, He knows everything about us. And He still loves us. And He still is gracious to us. And He's still kind to us. Uh, He says, uh, would you acknowledge, would you acknowledge your sin? Would you acknowledge your need of salvation? Would you acknowledge your need of me? Would you acknowledge your need for life? I believe that the Lord, uh, through His Spirit, brings conviction. There is conversion. I believe in conversion. But the Lord will bring conviction to our heart to see that we have a need of a Savior. That we are uh, all have sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. And so he tells her her past. And you know what she says? I perceive that thou art a prophet. In other words, nothing you said was false. I admit, you, got, you, you, know, what I'm, you know who I am. You know all about me. She acknowledged it, and she acknowledged that her need for a Savior, that we've all come short and of the glory of God. He knows everything about us, but he, he still loves us. Jesus Christ is not just going to brush things under the rug. That's not what He does with sin in our lives. You know what Christ does? He, he, he cleanses it through His blood. He puts it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, he says, hey, would you repent and receive this Forgiveness? Would you accept it? She says to him in verse 25, I, I know that Christ is coming. And I know that he'll be able to tell us all, all things. And Jesus says, I am he. And by the end of it, you know what she does in verse 28? She leaves her water pot. She came getting it for a drink. She came because she needed some, some uh, satisfaction. She needed something, Right? But then she left, left without even coming to get what she came for. You know why she did that? It's because she was satisfied. She left completely satisfied. You know what she found? She found the well of satisfaction. She came to the well to get some water. But she found the well. She found what she came for. No longer did she need these worldly things, these temporary things to satisfy. She found something that truly satisfied the soul. And she, she goes into the city in Samaria and says, come see a man. Is not this the Christ? Do you know what she did without even being told? She became the well. I mean, immediately after, after the, the water started to flow, you know what happened? She started to bubble over. Isn't it wonderful when you receive Christ as Savior and that new salvation? You know what you want to do? You want to tell somebody. You want to tell folks, boy, it's better. I found, I found something here. I found something that satisfies that nothing else I'd ever tried had. This is the result of meeting the well, Jesus Christ. That she became the well. It started to flow out of her just like he said it would. I think of the the prophet Isaiah who said in Isaiah 12 and verse 3, Therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. 
Do you know I believe in the, the fruit of the Spirit? I believe that when we uh, walk in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to lead us and guide us, that there are results of that. We begin to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There begins to be a joy about us. There begins to be a, a peace that passes understanding. There becomes a strength in that joy. You know what there is in salvation? There is joy. There's joy in salvation and knowing that we are completely forgiven, justified, that we are right with God, that we've made peace with God, that that He has forgiven our sins and that He has given us this living water. As I asked Dan to come and sing to lead us in a song of invitation, the point of the message is not the woman. She's an example. The point of the message is the well. The point of the message is Jesus Christ, that living water. The water that can satisfy. The water that can satisfy the soul of each woman, man, and child. The source of this wellspring is is who? Is Jesus Christ and His indwelling Spirit. You say, how is it that we can access this faith. How is it that we can access this well? It's by faith. By grace through faith. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible. He says this. Therefore being justified. That word justified is like just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God. Through Jesus Christ. By whom we have access. We have access. How? By faith. Into His grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. Christ was the source of this woman's living water. He is the source and the supply. I would say if you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Like Christ said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Put your faith and trust in Him. Accept Him for salvation. Trust Him, not in any other thing, but in Christ alone. Acknowledge your sin. Repent of it and say, God, I'm receiving you as my Savior. Maybe there's Christians here this morning that have wandered away from the well. You say, who's the well? Christ. You know the joy of salvation is the fellowship of salvation. Maybe you've wandered away from the well and you're trying to live this life and live the Christian life by your own merit, by your own talent, by your own works. And he says, no, 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 no. Just tap into the well and let Christ flow through you. Let the Holy Spirit come through you. Maybe it's time to to come back and say, Lord, I want to fellowship with you. And then just naturally out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. To be able to worship Him truly, not just at church on Sunday morning, which is wonderful for us to be able to come together as a group and and worship God in song and in His Word together, but throughout the day and every day to be able to worship Him in spirit and truth. And Wellspring Church, what we want to be is we want to be close to the Lord and allow Him to work through us. Allow His Spirit to flow through us so that those in the community and those that God would want to reach can find the gospel clear and plain and simple. 
that they can find a walk in a relationship with Him. We want to be His well. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.